You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Hope everybody's doing well as we enter into this new year. In fact, we're already at the end of the month of 2023. Announcements, again, I want to acknowledge my, our youngest daughter, Amber. Her birthday is this week, so is my brother, Leon. So happy birthday to those two. Next month we're going to have Dr. Marsha Robinson as a guest. She is the, uh, I guess her position is manager or director over at the Westside uh, Arts Center. In the coming months, I plan to invite our new governor, Joe Lopardo. I hope that he will come on and give us some uh, indication of the kinds of things that he's planning to do in that new position as governor as we congratulate him. Once again, Las Vegas, we are we are hopeful that everybody has started out on a good note uh, in 2023. Uh, we have months to go yet. As we age, as I do, we uh, time really flies forward. Two weeks ago, I talked a little bit about family, and I just uh, want to further say that how much I appreciate them as I was going through a couple medical trials and tribulations, if you, if you will. And uh, I appreciate the love and the support that was given to me. So once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. We'll have our first guest coming on shortly. Good morning once again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I'm Dave Washington, your host. And I'm glad and privileged to have the opportunity to talk to our new sheriff, Kevin McMahill. What's going on, my brother? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, how are you? Good I am. Talk do- to you. I'm doing well. Look, I know it's been some time since you were last on, but uh, just for our guests, particularly the new ones who are listening, give us the branch and years did you serve in the military? Oh, proud member of the United States Army, 1986 to 1989. I spent uh, two of those years over in Korea at Camp Humphreys. Hmm, okay. Two years at Army. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Three, three years Army, but two of them in Korea. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, congrats on behalf of all of your fellow veterans on being elected for sure. As a sheriff, I think that you're going to do a wonderful job for us. And in that vein, tell us uh, what, what have you got planned for the next few months? I know you're putting all your administration, et cetera, et cetera, together. Yeah, so I've already done that. I selected uh, Andy Walsh as the undersheriff, and uh, we're off to a good start. Um, I will tell you, though, that, Dave, the uh, the crime has been a little out of control already in the first couple of weeks of me being here. We had uh, 11 murders in 11 days, and so wow. um, what everybody wants from their police department is, is uh, safety and security, and so we've been putting these crime plans together and working on that, and, you know, a lot of people think that those crime plans uh, really only involve um, you know, hooking and booking people and putting people in jail. But the reality of it is the way that we're the most effective in fighting crime is when 
we develop meaningful, authentic relationships in the community, and, and we take advantage of those relationships by enlisting the entire community in an effort to keep that community safe. And you you know that. We worked together for many years over mm-hmm. in Boulder Area Command, and um, that's kind of the model as we move forward in all of that, and I think we're going to be very successful. Oh, absolutely. Let me let me go to your man, uh, your undersheriff, uh, Andy. Andy, I've known for a couple of years, not real, real closely, but he is a he is a stand-up guy, high character. So, uh, kudos on your your selection of him as your undersheriff. And I did get a chat with him. He didn't even mention to me when I saw him at the parade yesterday. It's <laughs> just being a good, humble guy. But he's he's a good man for sure. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Was, yeah, it was good to see you at the parade there, hanging off the fire truck there and trying to act like a fireman for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, man. Yeah, you know what? It's always. Uh, you know, you talked about the the work you did over in the Bowling Command. I think that that's one of the key points that that I know of you and your respect for community. And, and that's important, I believe, you being the sheriff. And as I was telling Andy, uh, I appreciate what your wife did. And I, I did tell Ramadan whether I come back and be involved in the committee or not. I certainly, when you guys select captains, I would like to be uh, one of those people who sit on those selection committees because one thing that I believe is vitally important is the humanity of an officer. You know, the technical skills, uh, you know, being a sharpshooter, this, that, and the other, those are important in, in terms of being safe out there in the field. But but another thing to me is just how you deal with people. Yeah, I mean, 100% right. I mean, there's far more often than um, in our line of work that you're dealing with people and the challenges that that they have. And, and you know, the, the better that we can start off by recognizing each other as human beings, the better off that we are all the way around. And so um, absolutely we'll continue you to be involved in that effort. And maybe for your listeners that don't know what we're talking about here, one of the things that we do is we involve a number of our citizen uh, members from a multicultural committee in the selection process for our captains and above and it's just been fantastic and and uh, very eye-opening both for those individual citizens as well as the police officers that are testing to become a captain at metro absolutely uh what do you do you foresee any changes in the mac committee or are you pretty happy with the way things have gone well listen i i like to think of the mac committee as i'm just one member of it right. um, so i don't necessarily look that i have the answers to to change what that's going to be, but um, I, I believe it's probably one of the, if not the most valuable, certainly one of the most valuable committees that we have at Metro, and that group, as you well know, because you've been involved with it for many years, has mm-hmm. helped drive a lot of change at Metro, and and, and, and really force us to, to do some things within the community that maybe we weren't so comfortable doing, and so I, I really like to um, build upon it and even get some more um, uh, diverse voices in there. Um, so that it continue to help drive that change curve that we we need to have driven. Absolutely. You know, when I became the fire chief, one of the things that I did was I asked, I think it was Jerry Keller was a sheriff then. I said, I want to come to your command center. I want to attend some of your meetings. And one thing I, I learned and loved the way that you guys operated was it wasn't zoned, but in your commands, you knew what kind of crimes were going on and those types of things. And I told my folks, we got to, we got to break it down and look at what's going on, what kind of incidents we're having in a particular area. And that will help us to go out and do the kinds of things that are necessary to reduce those kinds of, uh, whether it's fires, EMS calls, you name it. 
uh, we got to go out there and be actively involved in our community. And I think the more that police fire are involved in their community, the better off we'll be and, and people will show a lot more respect for you. And, you know, this year, I, one of one of the main, uh, I call him a, a great helper to Metro, uh, Mario, you know, every year I try oh, to yeah. go over and take a pup, couple of bikes for his, for his Christmas bike uh, drive. And this year I, I missed it. You know, you get to ripping and running still at 71. I am. My wife keep telling me to slow my butt down. So anyway, <laughs> I took him. I, I took a check over and left it for him for, for the bowling little league because I know Metro has been heavily supportive of that. And I think that's a great thing to for officers and others to interact with the youth in the community. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? I mean, we, we're out there, and, and today, you know, a number of years later, we're at hundreds of kids that are participating and getting uniforms and equipment and going out and playing an organized sport, oftentimes for the first time. And mm-hmm. um, they really get an opportunity to have, you know, police officers and other community members as coaches, and um, it really bridges the gap, um, no doubt about it. And love to have the fire department involved as well because everybody knows that, you know, firemen, everybody loves firemen. So <laughs> just a good thing for us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I pushed back a little bit only from the standpoint that I was a battalion chief over training when the Rodney King incident occurred. Sure. And, uh, you, oh, nobody would shoot at firefighters. Uh, all due respect <laughs> to uh, Reverend Justice Scott, God rest his soul. He was on one TV saying, oh, they, nobody would shoot at firefighters. I'm on another I'm on another channel showing the bullet holes in a fire engine. You know, but but the good thing is the community got back together. And I think that, again, a number of the things that you guys have done as as a sheriff's department in terms of interacting and getting involved with the community will make people feel a lot better about the interaction because it's important because sure. you guys have a job to do. Firefighters have a job to do. And I think the closer we can work as community, the better off we'll be as a, and you know, not only as a community, but just in general. And I know that the MAC committee has been a model thanks to you guys. And I'm talking about you guys as an agency, allowing the MAC committee to continue to operate for so many years. And I've been there at meetings where people come in, sheriffs, police chiefs from other uh, agencies throughout this country come in to look at how we do things. And I, I know that there's been meetings where we get a little upset with each other, but I used to tell Ramadan one thing I know that I've never seen anybody leave that room angry. We may get a little perturbed with one another in some sure. of the needling questions, but when it's all said and done, we are still one big team, and that's greatly appreciated. Well, you know what else is really good about that, Chief, is that, that um, I, I think that everybody that participates in there understands that we've done a lot of work but most importantly, we still have a lot of work to do. Sure. And I think that that's what really guides that, that committee and that group of individuals because we all come together to want to continue to drive that curve, that change, that we all have a responsibility to deliver in policing services appropriately in this community. And, and everybody's invested in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what always makes me look forward to that meeting is, yeah, you're going to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. That's because some of what happens in policing today is uncomfortable. That's right. But we as leaders have to talk about those things and find ways to room. Absolutely. That's why you're going to do such a super job. I can see it now. I got I got the vision, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, who, do, who do you report to as an elected official? I think the, the public people. would love to know. The people. The people. So I'm, I'm, I'm an elected countywide, so oh. um, the way that I 
uh, if get job approval or not is uh, I get unelected or reelected if I choose to run again. And so, mm-hmm. um, but what's good about my job is that um, people are willing to give you feedback day in and day out about right. how well this police department is doing or not doing. And so, there's no lack of of, of feedback certainly, and and we've got to continue to strive to get it to get it right, and we will. Absolutely. So, how are you funded? Oh, I'm sorry. So. Yeah, we have about a, it's about a third, a third, and a third between the city, the county, and property taxes mm. that pays the uh, the, the uh, salary and benefits for the police department. We're a six thousand person agency strong now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't realize that we're the seventh largest police department in the country. We have a budget just shy of one point three billion. So it's a very large company, very large operation, uh, wow. and got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. Any final thoughts? And and again. Uh Kevin, Sheriff, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy as all get out, uh, you know, in your first few weeks of the operation, but you've been there as the undersheriff, so you know what time it is. So uh, <laughs> final thoughts, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I look forward to, to coming back all the time, and I would just ask the community to give us a little bit of time that you're going to see some very, very positive change in the way it is that we move forward here, and I'm I'm working on getting that crime under control. We're heading in the right direction. All right. Thank you, sir. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and War. And I'm just so excited uh, to have our second guest, who is like a sister to me. Uh, Through her mom and dad, she is uh, Miss Carla Holmes. Her mom and dad were, were mentors to me, and Carl is the chair of our Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute that I've spoken about many times on this show. So, uh, moreover, she's our chair of our board of directors, and so that, uh, quite frankly, makes her one of my bosses. Hello, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Oh, no. We, we, we need this done because I, I know we know that... Uh, EDI has been around, but I want you to talk to people a little bit about it. In fact, please give our listening audience a bit about you uh, on a personal level. And you don't, you don't have to get in deep into to your personal <laughs> items and, and you as a professional. Well, uh, sure. Well, um, I am a public relations uh, practitioner. I've been involved in corporate public relations uh, for quite some time uh, on the corporate side and the agency side. And currently, I am now a professor at the University of Oklahoma at the Gaylord College of Journalism and Mass Communication, where I, I teach undergraduates and graduate students all about the world of public relations and strategic communication. So uh, it's been a, a fantastic opportunity to do that. And as you mentioned, I'm also chair um, of the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute, otherwise known as EDI. So as you well know, that's one of the, our largest, one of the largest um, in the nation that's um, the most renowned organizations that's committed uh, to excellence uh, by offering quality professional training to those in the uh, fire service industry. So we've been delighted to do that, and mm-hmm. EDI has been around for more than 30 years. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, Carla is being very humble. She's back at home in Oklahoma where she is a professor. She ain't just, you know, <laughs> she ain't just a teacher. She's a professor. And, and not only that, we were very pleased. And I'm talking about the board members and the officers of, of the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. Carla was voted by the students and the staff as professor of the year. 
Now that ain't, and, and guess and guess what, Carla? We are in we are in the Greenspun uh, journalism building here at UNLV, so oh, it's very wonderful. appropriate. Even even though I'm not a journalism student, I'm still trying to learn my way. Uh, Wes and the other folks, they're always kind of training me and keeping me on point as as a as a host. And I always tell people I am not a journalist, and that really frees people's mind in terms of of coming on the show. I told them I'm not a journalist because journalists sometimes will will trip you up. No, I'm a host. I'm just trying to get information out about the good things that we're doing to our community. So. You you mentioned that EDI has been around for some thirty plus years. It, it's real. It's very, and it's a real different uh, type of program too. My father uh, was uh, one of the founders of the, the institute. Is uh, now on the campus uh, at uh, Dillard University and HBCU in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had over the years more than about oh gosh more than about uh, two thousand five hundred people that actually have come through EDI. And what makes it really different, Dave, is that it's a high energy, high content, and high involvement seminar. It's way more than a conference. It's really a life-changing and career-building experience for those who want to excel in the emergency response and fire service industry. Um, And it's really modeled by others that are leaders in the industry all across the United States that come there and pour into um, uh, people that are currently working in the fire service industry that want to become chiefs Mm -hmm. or captains or or to rise up through the ranks. So, um, what it offers is a lot of different workshops, there's course modules, um, and, and a lot of the things that makes it so special, Dave, is that many, many EDI graduates have advanced professionally um, and have su- assumed high-ranking uh, administrative types of positions and fire chief positions, like yourself, all oh, throughout true. the country. And, and people who want to learn more about it can go to um, carlholmesedi.org, that's our website. Uh, where they can register. It's going to be this year. It's going to be June 5th through the 9th at Dillard University, and registration is open right now. Well, 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 you just tore up about four of my questions to you. That's, that's <laughs> okay. Hey, but, but see, being being a PR person, Wes, she is adequately prepared to deal with, with, with my <laughs> interview. So uh, you said they, they can learn more about it by going to give that information again, please. Sure. It's, it's Carl Holmes. EDI.org. It's Carl C A R L at Holmes H O L M E S E D I.org. And we've just launched a website, Dave. It's got all the information uh, that really talks more specifically about what it's about. Um, and, and it includes, it's a whole week. So it's mm-hmm. not just um, a seminar where you just you come in for a couple of days. It's an, it's an extensive week of training. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is that you're training from the very best. Um, these are uh, people, uh, men and women, that have risen through the ranks all across the country, and they come back to incorporate um, a lot of the different philosophies in fire service training um, to people that come from departments all across the country. I mean, it's made a big impact on many people's career paths. And not only that, it's a great way to learn from fellow graduates and and see how it's helped them advance through their careers in EMS and the fire service industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, there's really nowhere else that uh, people can get real-world information from subject matter experts like, like we have at EDI. And these folks, they know firsthand how to make a difference in their departments, in their communities. Um, and they're walking testimonies to how the program has helped them excel in their own jobs 
and how they're able to reach back and bring other um, uh, people of uh, other people of color, women, mm-hmm. um, and all walks of life that are currently in EMS uh, and fire service industry. So really, it's, uh, don't take our word for it. You should really talk to many of our uh, graduates that we have that have really excelled beyond measure. Exactly. In fact, I got promoted twice as a result of attending EDI. When I went to EDI, I was a battalion chief over training. I ultimately got promoted to deputy chief fire marshal and then to the the highest position within our department, the fire chief. And again, there's no doubt about it that I was prepared to seek this position, not only seek it, but to gain it through the, the information and the training that I got from that Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. So, Carla, tell mm-hmm. us, uh, when is the next session going to take place? Sure, it's going to be it's this summer. It's going to be June the 5th through the 9th. As I mentioned, it's going to be at Dillard University in New Orleans. It's a beautiful campus down there. And, and um, as, I, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, students get a chance. They get to participate really in uh, – it's very intensive. It's a week-long professional educational experience. And, uh, again, another thing that makes it so unique is that it features hands-on instruction from industry executives that come from departments all across the country. They're subject matter experts. um, And there's also unparalleled network opportunities. So Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that come from departments all across the country, even people that come from overseas that come to attend. And the thing it's a great value, too, because it includes, um, as I mentioned, a a week-long extensive experience. But it also includes all the their classes, the evening sessions. It includes all you can eat uh, for three meals a day. Um, you have dorm housing there on campus. Everybody's there together, which really adds to the fellowship. We even have a cookout reception to kick things off. Um, and then, and then to culminate, we have a, a beautiful graduation ceremony and banquet that ends on the last day of the of the event as well, too. The thing about it also, Dave, is that we have different modules. So you may come in at module one and you come back every year you advance to the next module until you reach right. module five and then you graduate. So it's a it's a commitment to be able to come not just one year, but we look forward to our, our um, attendees coming year after year. And not only do they want to come back and attend, but they also come back even after, after they graduate. And many of them go on, as you mentioned before, to go on to promotion in all different fields. So um, Absolutely. It's, a, it's a great experience. You know, you mentioned graduation. I recall when Amber, our youngest daughter, was going to uh, – Southern University at the Baton Rouge campus. She came down to participate and attend our graduation service, and she just cried like a baby. She said, I can't oh, believe... she can't." emotional. She, yeah, she said she couldn't believe how great this program was that was started by black men and women of fire service, but now all races, creeds, and color do come to Dillard University to participate, to include, as you said, they come in from Africa, they come in from from uh, England, they come in from the Caribbean because it's a high level of of, of, of very, very good training for, for those in the fire service industry. So uh, let me tell you guys about this young lady. As our chairperson, again, a very humble lady, but she's done a lot to help to grow this institute into the powerhouse that it is continuing to become. And we're not done yet because there, there's a number of things <laughs> that I know that we can do. And I'm going to put it out here right now. And I haven't even talked to Carla about this, but I watch what they've done. The general manager here, uh, Mr. Uh, 
we got a couple of minutes to go, but I want I just want to say that this man uh, on this campus, Ridley, Dr. Ridley, has come up with a a program where people put in money and and they match the money. I'm trying to remember my mind is going blank uh, for a second, <laughs> but it's something that I see us doing at EDI. It's where people put up money, not. God, where's my mind going blank? But I'm telling you, Carl, it's something that I'm going to talk to you about that we need to go there because I think EDI is such a strong program that we need to be going for years and years to come. And at some point, it becomes self-sustaining. Sure. like Absolutely. Well, that's one thing about the program, too. Um, you know, maybe maybe looking at the possibility of, you know, having endowments or other corporate endowment. That's endowment. You, you brought it back. That's, that's the, that's the thing that he's done here. He started an endowment yeah. and that's what we need to do for EDI. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and we have just a lot of great support overall. People are in the program as well as outside the program too. And I, one of the things that um, has really made people so committed to it is because of our course offerings. Yes. Uh, the course offerings at EDI are very special um, and, and very carefully planned. We have a whole EDI curriculum review committee, mm-hmm. and what they do is they work really, really diligently to help ensure the highest quality training partic- uh, experience for all of our participants. And that's really what has made EDI um, really a standout program. Um, and as I mentioned before, uh, again, it's going to be June 5th through the 9th, mm-hmm. um, the Summer Institute at Diller University. And um, I, again, EDI really um, prides itself on graduating um, consistently. That's the thing about it is that uh, people that come through this program are, are consistent in the level of how they excel. And many of them advance professionally and assume mm-hmm. high-ranking administrative and fire chief positions all across the country. And again, it's all because of that, that the curriculum program that we have yes. uh, at the university. So we're really excited about you know, bringing these course offerings back mm-hmm. um, because um, they really do make a huge difference and really help uh, people in the industry stay abreast about the latest issues going on in the fire service, uh, service area, crisis communications, mm-hmm. or, or handling crises, um, and using you know, tools that are really proven to help meet the challenges that so many people in the industry face today. Absolutely. Carla, we thank you so much, Chairwoman, for your time and effort today. And uh, again, you've done a wonderful job leading our group, and I know that we're going to continue to grow So, under your leadership. So thank you, Carla. Thank you so much. For sure. If people want to learn more, again, they need to visit carlholmesedi.org for more information. So thank you so much, Dave, for having me. All right, Carla, take care. Once again. Okay, you too. All right, take care. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I want to encourage people once again to call Tony Marshall if you have any issues. I'm talking particularly as as veterans and also those vets who may be looking for something to do in terms of employment. Get the app Good Works. Get the app Good Works. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington along with Wes. We'll talk to you next month.